Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted small business advocate and lover of all things admin. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's show. We're going we're gonna to inspire you today. We're going to be injecting you with some inspiration around some really fabulous uh, people, personalities, groups, organisations that are based in Hornsby. Something I read about the other day in the Hornsby Advocate and something we need to be really proud of is the fact that we have one of the highest levels of volunteerism anywhere in New South Wales and we should be singing it from the rooftops. Not only should we be singing it, we should make it part of our our branding, our name, our notice, who we are. Because when you live in a community, when you are strongly linked to that community and you feel passionate about it, then um, how, what that community says about itself says something about you too. So let's sing it. Let's say, look, we're fabulous. We all believe in the causes that we that we uh, volunteer in, that we are part of. I don't think I know a single person of all the people I'm connected with in Hornsby that don't at least put in a couple of hours here with a, a sporting community group or um, uh, or, or some, or some uh, you know, looking after underprivileged, those who are less fortunate in our community. And I think that's something we need to be really proud of and something we should be talking about all the time and saying to people who don't live here, yeah, but I've got this support network and I've got these people who love me and help me and I'll talk to a perfect stranger and I'll help them out. And you know what? It's a great place for our kids to grow up too because they grow up with that sense of community and that sense of belonging. And one of the ways we talk about, uh, you know, connecting with the local community here on Small Biz, which is so important, is bringing that sense of altruism and volunteerism into your business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're one person. It doesn't matter if you're just a little, even a hobby business that you're not really even drawing an income from, as many of us might be in the situation of. It doesn't matter if you're that or if you're someone employing 20 or 30 employees locally or even if you're connected connected with a big company out there that has hundreds of employees, be the one that makes the change. Be the one that makes suggestions about, you know, rather than going on that massive staff Christmas party that's going to cost hundreds of dollars, how about we take that money and we ask our staff members what they want to support locally or even if it's bigger than that, who they want to throw their money at rather than going out and just getting really drunk at the end of the year and whatever. Let's do something good with that money. Those little steps can make a big difference to your local community. And today we're actually, we're going to talk to someone who's very intrinsic in that and uh, not because of her involvement with just one group, which is street work, but actually because of her involvement across lots of different uh, organisations. So welcome to the show, Lucy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you very much, Alexi. It's lovely to be here. And you will notice, of course, everyone straight away, no requirement of any microphone technique. Uh, <laughs> 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 updates with you. You've, you've got your own show here on Triple H, which is wonderful. Um, do you want to give me a quick plug for the show? Yeah, it's called Stay in the Loop with Lucy. It's on Sunday mornings and it talks about health and well-being and how we can be the change we want to see in the world and in our lives. Exactly. And, and of course, you're, um, you're, you've just finished uh, working on your master's degree in um, public, health. public health. That's that's big. Yeah. That's not a that's not a little in, little teeny weeny chunk. It's public health is is massive. So you're sort of looking at, um, I guess, health, uh, looking at the local area? What was it yes. specifically you were studying? I was, I'm fascinated by why uh, we end up having the uh, diseases that we do that are entirely preventable. So um, lifestyle illnesses, uh, things like uh, type 2 diabetes, obesity, um, and obesity is, is uh, you know, an indicator in so many of the illnesses like heart disease, so many. And they're entirely preventable. And so I w did a research project on, you know, what 
what happens? Where do they start? What are the feelings that we're that we're trying to not feel? Mm. And what I found is that a lot of these feelings come up in adolescence. So I did a, um, a research project, which I'm going to actually take into a whole load of projects within the community to look at um, what are the emotions that we feel in adolescence that we then go into coping mechanisms to not feel that lead to patterns of behavior that lead to lifestyle illnesses later in life. Because if we can support young people to address what they're feeling, to acknowledge what they're feeling and find more um, supportive ways of dealing with that, knowing what's their stuff and what's actually someone else's stuff, mm. then they don't lay the foundations that lead to you know, great illnesses, illnesses later in life. Mm, either through lifestyle or simple through simply through mental health Absolutely. debilitation. Yep, it's mental and physical health, and 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 um, you know situations that they can find themselves in, like homelessness. Uh, you don't, you're not homeless without a major mental health problem because the 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 levels of anxiety you go through when you start finding yourself um, without a home. Uh, there is no way that that doesn't affect your physical and your mental health. I mean, it, it's just, it's a ripple effect. So mm. we've kind of got to look at where um, where we're not really addressing our, our commitment to our own personal health and um, see what we can do in the community to support that. And I think it's about working together and actually talking to each other about the things maybe we don't want to talk about. It's fascinating what you're saying, that you were looking at something on a, such a massive perspective, learning about public health in general um, but by the sounds of it the way that you drill down into quite the specifics and, and the one-on-one -on -one and how people are feeling in your work mm. with street work yes um, is is quite uh, it's very specific it's individual very it? much and I think that's the gift of the job that I have so I work with um, young people who are really struggling in life and they come to street work when they when other their their own coping mechanisms have failed mm. um, or maybe the choices they've made which they think are uh, sensible choices have got them into a situation with the police or with their parents or with their school and they're just disengaging mm. and the disengaging is very dangerous because when you disengage from your life you are at the mercy of other people's agendas be that people who want to lead you astray uh, who want you to do things for them um, uh, but each time you disengage from your life you take one step back from being able to be the change you want to see in your life and so looking at it um, as I see the who's on the receiving end and then sort of looking at the consequence of that in 10 20 30 years time I just thought I can stay here and catch people at the bottom of a pile or I can look upstream and say what are we not doing as a society and how can we support people better in order to not end up having the number of people that we are with mental health issues at the moment, which is really one in four for, for young people. It's quite interesting what you were saying about um, that, that progression of becoming disengaged and, and maybe not having the coping, coping mechanisms. I, for one, listening now, can literally go back in my mind and think of times in my life when um, I may have been going down that road and spiralling a little bit, but I had the support around me mm -hmm. um, to make sure that that spiral didn't become all-consuming and completely annihilate me. Yes. But I think we've all been there where we know when we've had low points or we've, we've possibly even later in life been able to go, you know what, I think I probably was suffering from a mild form of depression back then. Yeah. It's not just 
I think that, that, that thought that it's just being a teenager is, is not... Um, it, it doesn't wash anymore. No. It's more of an individual thing, isn't it? Because it's individual circumstances, individual coping mechanisms, individual lack of support. So by the sounds of it, you can look at it from a big public health perspective and go, oh, God, you know, this is the bit we're failing. Or you can do what you do, which is come in at that point of, of you know, the spiralling out of control and catch those people. Yeah. And that to me sounds like what street work is all about. Yep. Look, we can't um, we can't really look at what we're how how we end up without saying what have where what have I taken on that isn't mine or is mine, um, and I I would give an example to that to illustrate that. For example, a teenager or young person growing up, I had what I thought life looked like and then my parents had a different picture of what life looked like so you're kind of trying to fit into their picture you're trying to fit into a school picture if you went to a catholic school or um an artistic school or you know whatever school it was um you're trying to fit into their picture their model you're trying to tick as many education boxes as you can and then you've got society your culture your society there are lots of different pictures that are put on you and you can lose your way. So I was, I personally was a very good girl and I was terrified to not be a good girl because I thought I wouldn't be accepted if I wasn't. Now, in order to squash who I was and my natural exuberance to be this good girl and not, you know, get into trouble meant that I ate um, and I ate sugar because it dealt with the fact that I was feeling, I was exhausted really from trying to please everyone. I was a people pleaser. Um, I ate. Um, I probably went through a stage of drinking quite a lot. Um, I went through a stage of completely throwing that out and actually being very destructive. And then I realized that I'd gone from one extreme to the other and came back to a bit where I went, you know, the only person I'm kidding here is me. Um, but I didn't realize how dangerous the being good was until I was I'd had my third child and I was very very nearly in in a serious trouble with with um, postnatal depression and exhaustion and that's when I started having to go hey look I can't care about what everybody thinks of me but that's what teenagers rebellion is about it's about saying well, can I stop living to your picture please and mm. can I actually just be myself which very often is a really great person, mm -hmm. you know. I, I see kids who are, on the surface, very dysfunctional. But when I look at them and I talk to them and look in their eyes and listen to what they're saying to me, they know that running away isn't the answer. They know that sleeping on the streets isn't the answer. They know that doing the drugs they're doing isn't the answer and that the alcohol is a depressant rather than a pick-me-up. They know all of that. Mm. But they are trying to run away from a picture that they actually can't live to. It's almost the point where they, they, they're they being told that they have to be one extreme, which for them is an extreme because it doesn't feel like them. So what do they do? They go to the opposite extreme. Yes. They're never going to run to the middle. No. Which is where they want to be. Yeah. So it's almost as though, I mean, we don't want to do any, we don't want to do any parent blaming here, but <laughs> sitting here going, oh, where am I going with my kids? I'm so strict. I'm so, I'm yeah. so, I'm being, at some point, you have to let that go. Yeah. You know they're good kids. They know they're well behaved. You know they're thoughtful, but um, you don't want them fighting against it 
to such an extreme, sort of like yeah. if you come back to the middle, then the other extreme is not so far away from the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but the further away That's from the middle you go, the further away from the middle they're going to go when they rebel. Yeah. Is that your experience with the kids? That Very ex- much. Very much. I mean, I'm a parent myself. So, you know, I, I approach this youth work that I do um, with street work as a parent, as a um, listening to them and the wisdom that they give me, listening to it in my own home and the wisdom they give me. And the hardest thing I had to do as a parent was say, I need you to tell me when I'm not actually doing what I'm asking you to do. So, for example, if I tell you not to swear, if I'm permanently swearing, then, you know, you're going to need to call me out on that. And if I tell you to get off your devices and I'm permanently on mine, then I'm going to need you to tell me that because I'm not sure that I'm quite aware of my patterns of behaviour. So um, so you need to create an awareness yourself yeah. in order to, to model what you yes. expect the kids to be. Yep. We're just going to take a quick break and do some community service announcements now. But when we come back, I'd like to find out where uh, street work fits in the Hornsby community and maybe get a bit of an understanding from you and your work with them as to how things have changed over the last few years. You're listening to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We'll be back after this on Triple H. So today on the show, we've been talking to Lucy Darhill, who is from the street work group in Hornsby. Um, And I understand that it works under the banner of fusion is that right no it doesn't you just share a building no, not at all. oh wait i'll just turn you on there you go sorry uh no uh we're we're actually partnering for an event ah. so that that's where that connection comes in um we work as a um a not-for-profit government or no no we don't get any government funding we work as a as a charity that basically links our young people to other services in the area that can support them. And very successfully, might I add, that's probably where my confusion came in because you are so well connected and understand the services that are important for young people, which must be a myriad, that you can connect in with them and make sure people are getting the correct referrals. That's absolutely right. So um, we work really well with um, Fusion for some of their after-school help. So we can go in, I'll go in and do a um, stress management little workshop with them. And it's it's not very big. It's like half an hour or ten minutes, and you just do you know a little tip of, of that we do in our with our young people all the time of how to cope with stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are we have got a sleep in your car event coming up, oh, please which tell is us when very exciting. That is on the eleventh of August. Um, so if anyone fancies sponsoring me, that would be gratefully appreciated. At the moment, I haven't actually got a car to sleep in, but I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> I might be a Toyota Yaris, which I can only tell you I slept oh in God, last year. And it was very small. You can borrow our yeah. car if you well, like. I'm going to put down the seats this time and actually put a little um, some padding in the boot and just work across the back of the car um, and having broken down and I had to put a whole load of barbecue stuff in there the other week it's a lot bigger than it actually you think it <laughs> if is you put the seats down. if you put all the seats down so I'm going to give that a go so what date is that that's the 11th of August. Uh-huh. And how can people find out how to sponsor you? Which, of course, I imagine all of the proceeds would be going to street work. Yes, it actually, for for this one, it goes between street work and fusion. Oh, so it's a um, co-sponsored event. It's a event. co-sponsored event because, sorry, it's me trying to get my piece of paper out in front of me and losing <laughs> the mic. Um, it actually, what, what we do is we're... we're 
both working with homeless people. So we thought it was a really good way to do it. Last year, I mean, this is something that Fusion's done for a few years now, and I, I did it with them last year as Lucy. Um, and this year I'm doing it as street work. And we've got our executive officer, Helen, uh, joining us and Rachel, one of the volunteers who works with us. She's she's uh, coming out and sleeping in her car as well. So we've got a bit of a team going. Um, and really, I understand that sleeping in your car is not everybody's cup of tea. So if anyone would like to sponsor... I don't think it's anyone's cup of tea. No, exactly. Isn't that the point? It is the point. But, you know, <laughs> raising awareness of how cold it is just... So if you want to, to find out more, you just need to go to sleepinyourcar.com.au and you look at the Hornsby North area and that's where you'll find both Fusion and Street Work under there and we're all individually put or you can um, and, or you can join us as a team. Wonderful. And it's a, it's a great way to, to, of course, all donations are tax deductible. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, people don't realise it just takes $2. Everything over $2 is tax deductible. Mm. Um, what, what works really well um, when you don't get any regular income is to have someone doing a regular donation that's really helpful to, to just know that um you know five dollars a month actually it doesn't really need helps. to be a great deal because no. it, it, what what people don't realize is they think oh okay well i'll just give a couple hundred bucks at the end of the year to this particular charity yeah it actually is more beneficial for the charity if you take that and divide it by 12 and say i'll give 20 bucks a month yeah because then they can actually forward plan yes. they know that they can rely on that income and nowadays with all the payment devices it's very easy to do that and withdraw it out of whatever that's funds right. you're happy for it to come from but i think that's very um it's a much more important way to donate to charities to do something ongoing yeah. smaller amounts you're not expected to do 200 dollars a month so is that one way that um as well as obviously the one-off donation for the support of you sleeping in your car <laughs> we want, received we want live broadcasts on facebook it's getting cold yes off. It's yes, I will. I'll do that. I've never done that. Um, and, and that could be a good way to <clears throat> um, to do a one-off, but really they need to be considering that as part of their... Um, part of it and it saved 30%. Yes. Look, I think one of the things that we struggle with, because again, we don't get any government funding, we struggle. We've got youth workers that are paid and that we need to pay. Uh, and if we don't know that, I don't like going into a young person's life if we are then not going to be able to stay the, the time that they need to, to turn their own lives around. Um, and that was one of the things I said, you know, when we come into the Hornsby area, there are young people here who are quite disillusioned and they, they're used to people sort of not being able to, you know, to talk a good talk, but actually not come through with the goods. I want to make sure that we're a service that can, you know, link them with other services, but we're there. We're there to walk them through it. We're there to, you know, take them to their counsellor if that's the, you know, for their first time, if that's what they're most afraid of doing or, you know, take them into... Um, you know, get there to learn what a Medicare card is and to get their own Medicare card or find out what funds they're allowed to get, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a minefield. Yeah, it you is. can't just pull out of someone's life. They've had adults pull out of their lives the whole time. They've had inconsistencies. And to be consistent, we need consistent funds, essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when if, if uh, individuals or businesses want to sponsor us, knowing that there's a, a relationship that we're building and we're not just using and abusing you once off. I mean, it's lovely. Relationships are 
are what we're doing with the young people. So we should be doing it with businesses and, and, and people who are supporting us as well. Exactly. If you want to live in a community where the young people are supported, you will reduce crime, you will yeah. reduce, um, you know, disillusionment, you'll have a better workforce coming out of that, that young, young group as well. Can you take me through the typical um, journey that a young person would have when they're engaging with street work? As a yes. sort of, what, what typically happens? Okay, so um, the young person can be referred to us, to us in a number of different ways. One of them is through uh, the juvenile justice system. So if someone, if a young person gets arrested, they have, um, we can actually be called as an advocate for them, particularly if it's overnight. Um, they are offered us as a service that's voluntary, so they need to choose to be engaged with us. If they come through that way, then they may work to, um, they might have a juvenile justice conference, a youth conference, where they might have to write a letter of apology to the person in the community who they've affected. They might have to work off some fines. They might have to do some community service. So we, we can support them with all of that. If they come to us, they can come to us through their school counsellors. And sometimes if they're disengaging from school, it's about giving them um, goals and setting goals and, and looking at what their fears are in order to say, how do we get you to school for half a day if you can't stay for the whole day? But, you know, what is it that, that is not working? So they will come to us. They'll do an intake, which takes about an hour. We always do it around food or, or, um, or you, you know, mentioned a cafe. It, yeah, a cafe. You mentioned you said a very neutral yeah. territory. Very neutral. Always in a public space. Always where they feel safe. So we, we're an outreach service. We go to them. We don't actually have an office. We have a hot desk. We don't have an office. Um, and we'll, so we'll sit and talk to them about what they, love, they want out of their lives. And then we are their service to help them achieve those goals. Um, so again, they could come as a self-referral when we do an outreach uh, at school and they, they find out who we are. Their parents can recommend them. Um, it's, they will then work with some goals. They'll meet with us weekly uh, until, say, maybe three months and then we might actually start you know, lengthening that out to fortnightly or three every three weeks, um, finding ways to help them achieve their goals. And if it's writing a CV and getting a job, then we're actually... Um, would you like me to give you an example of where... It, I think, yeah, that person? would be fantastic. All right, so I worked with a young person who um, whose mother was... Um, who had a disability. It was a physical and a mental one, and it comes and goes. So... Her father passed away unexpectedly and she then became the primary carer for her mother. It was a very, um, this young person was shy to start off with and she completely crumbled when that happened. She became very scared of things happening around her. She became um, very nervous of things going wrong, very risk averse. So part of um, what she wanted and how she saw herself, she didn't actually see herself as, as at risk. She just saw that that's how her life was. So again, my assessment of her and her assessment of her were very different in terms of her risk level, but my respect for where she saw herself and her coping mechanisms were where she was. I did okay. not tell her she was, you know, at high risk. I said, great, I'm so pleased that you feel you're coping with that. How can I support you better? Yeah. Knowing full well that we needed to actually get under a little bit and allow her to feel the support that could be there in the community. Yeah, you're kind of avoiding her. that a sticker shock of reality. That's right. So um, we connected her with a counselling service and we connected with her with... Um, uh, actually she didn't want any other services she wanted to just walk 
one of the things she wants she found that really helped her mental health was walking so we would meet every week walk talk about um, a cv and she wanted to get a job she wanted to get a job working with people and yet she found it really difficult to communicate with people which clearly is a point where you go this is going to be potentially mm. tough and what company was going to have her on front of desk when she was shy but you know um over the time she built um a way of communicating that she learned how to trust me and um i my job was just to actually confirm what she was sharing with me uh we wrote her cv and part of that was saying what are your strengths how would you sell yourself to the organization you want to work for and she found that very difficult. So we talked about the, how she coped with her, her father passing and how she was a carer for her mum and the consistency and making dinners and all of those things that she had to do. They were strengths. How do we translate that into a CV? Printed the CV and then the next bit was going to a local businesses to try and hand them out. Mm. And um, she asked, oh, are you going to hand them out for me? I said, no, you're going to hand them out and I'm going to be right here and you can just go and come back to me and I'm right here, I'll watch, I'll listen and we'll learn from each one whether it works or doesn't. So she wanted to work for a baker's, a particular baker's, and um, she went and handed her CV in and are you hiring? Uh, no, we're not hiring at the moment, but thank you, we'll take that. And she was a bit disappointed that they wouldn't have a conversation with her. We went to a chemist, did the same. Um, she was really quite shaken after both of those. And um, we were standing right outside Woolworths. So I said, look, why don't we ask? And she said, look, they, they, they do everything online. I said, that's fine, but, you know, imagine them being able to put a face to a name and seeing how you're connecting with them and seeing what a beautiful young woman you are and how, how much you've got to offer. Mm. Um, then they look at your CV in a slightly different way. So we went up and the woman was barking at everybody, you know. <laughs> so there, there was a major... This young person has major anxiety. But the, the woman, to her credit, I, I, I said, look, I'll help you with this one. So I said, hi, we're just wondering if you're hiring at the moment because I've got a young person with me who'd really love to give you her CV. Did you have a badge on? Nope. Mm. And, the young, and the woman behind the counter changed her demeanour immediately and went, thank you, and looked at the young person. I, from that moment, was invisible, and she looked at the young person connected with the Who young person. Who is this person. awesome person? Is What is she doing working uh, at a supermarket? Woolworths, Woolworths in Gordon, what can I say? Mm -hmm. And um, she then, uh, she met her and she said, she she asked her what day she was going to work. We hadn't realised that was a fault of the CV. What day she could work, what her availability was. And, um, you know, she asked her a couple of questions and clearly it went well. So she said, yeah, look, I'll get um, our, our HR department to give you a call and make sure you filled out everything online. I then had to go away came back um have, have you heard anything she said yeah yeah i did um they said you know they the hr called me i did everything i did but i haven't heard anything and i said well look we're here we're sitting in the car park should we just go in and and see what the feedback was and if we made a mistake let's find out what it was because we can learn from that for when we go anywhere else so we went up and again there was a long queue and she couldn't remember the name of the person that she'd spoken to and so i said look let's just own that we went up and, and she said, I didn't do the talking this time. She said, hello, I came before and I, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name of the person I spoke to, but, and, and, um, but I just wondered if, if I you know, got the job or hadn't got the job. And the woman looked at her and said, 
It was me you spoke to. You're fantastic. Yes, I definitely want you. I can't believe they've been so slow. Yes, I want you. Absolutely. And and my young person's shoulders just went up. They lifted. She felt empowered. It was just amazing to watch. And so um, she said, a little bit of drilling. Yeah, <laughs> background noise. <laughs> um, we'll definitely be in touch with you. We will. Um, I'm going to sort this out. Uh, yep. So went away. The next week she was working. Uh, amazing that was the first challenge when you work at Woolworths there are three different places you can work for one you can stack shelves two you can be on a regular till you can be on a self-serve till or you can be on a quick serve till can you imagine the points of anxiety there as you've got to learn all those different ways of dealing with customers in, on a different level yeah and how's she coping um, she didn't cope with self-serve. She couldn't cope with if people were stealing, how to go up and confront them with that. So um, we had to. she had to work with her, her manager and say, look, I really don't feel I can cope with that. She works really well on the normal tills mm-hmm. and she's learning to work on the other tills and she's putting herself right out there and, and, and engaging with her staff and saying, I'm so sorry, the clients, if I'm a little bit slow, I'm still learning. Well, that's fantastic. And, and, and you know, like you said, hats off to, to Woolworths and Gordon as well, having that point of recognition. Um, I don't think that's a training thing, by, mind you. I just think that's yeah. a very special person it was that she managed person. to engage with because so many times we just go, oh, too hard, yeah. not doing that, too yeah. hard. Yeah, just go put your, your, your CV online. And I think there's, there's a bit of a, a lesson in that for us as small businesses as well that the um, the recognition sorry about the background noise everyone it's a great thing about working in an office building the people <laughs> next door want to put in an office <laughs> tough titties um, but the good thing is you, you know you can you can engage with people and you can have that relationship and you can build on it yeah. and that's awesome that's absolutely that's awesome. right and you know big shout out to SOS removals in uh, in Thornlea mm. they're actually one of our founding sponsors for this area and they've said that you know if we have the right young person coming through they'd be prepared to take them on on a trial basis and and pay them and train them and and get them to see you know teach them some of the ways of working um, and some of the 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 skills that you need to have to get up every day to be reliable to be um, polite and respectful to your clients those are skills that young people sometimes don't learn and yet we mustn't um, berate them for not knowing them it's our job to teach them and actually local businesses giving young people an opportunity to learn is the only way that they're going to learn but i i just ask please actually pay them for their time because if you well, it's illegal it's, for starters exactly but i mean i know so many that don't it's very difficult when they are struggling for money to then have to do an entire shift without being paid and not know whether you've got the job you know within two to three hours if that person is right it's for the job. It's also illegal. You're not yep. supposed to do any trialling anymore. That's not It's uh, not a thing. Okay. It's just not a thing. You you should be mm. at least, you need to pay them the minimum. And if the risk is on you, you know, it's uh, why should the, the person who is being engaged with take on your inability to see and inability to interview someone correctly because yeah. you, you haven't taken them to the next step? You just go, oh, I'm just going to trial a dozen people. Yeah. I'm going to get that work out of them yeah. and they're going to work their guts out and it's going to be a personality thing well get yourself trained up so yeah. that when you're actually interviewing in the first place you're not putting those people through that um because a it's a false sense of hope and b it's slave labor and it completely is. illegal it is it, is. No, it just gets my goat up. it's me putting my bookkeeping hat on um we're just <laughs> going to go to a quick break here on triple h we're going to come back after these announcements and lucy's going to take us through um different ways in which um, businesses can support organizations like street work you're listening to triple h 100.1 fm 
Um, so we are talking today about street work with Lucy Darhill, who is one of the councillors and ridiculously uh, educated in terms of public health and awareness and local uh, businesses and uh, sorry, local environment and local um, situations. And I think one of the things I'm going to take away from today's interview is the fact that street work not only provides counselling as a very basic tool, but also all the um, the life skills that I think that we as adults forget how we uh how we how we became informed about those i mean it's hard enough to navigate yourself through life and understand where all the circumstances where all the services come from from government local state federal how do i access them which website do i go to it's hard enough for us let alone someone who may be experiencing um a trauma in their lives uh, a, a particular mental health issue they might be living on the streets how on earth does someone who lives on the street get a medicare card i mean that's yeah. just it's crazy. I can't even imagine the sort of bureaucratic wrangling that goes on with that. And I think that's one thing I want to take away with Lucy is that you provide not only the counselling and the expert advice in terms of mental health, but also the where to go to next. And you take people through the whole journey, the whole journey. And that can only be done with long-term funding. And like you said before, no government funding. Is that correct? No government Let's funding. not even get on our high horse about that. <laughs> Don't even get me started. But... Um, Long-term funding needs to come from uh, local organisations. Um, those are the best ones. Those yeah. are the best ones. I just need to correct one thing. Yes. Definitely not a counsellor. Uh-huh. Um, we actually make sure that any of the youth workers we employ don't do counselling because it actually would be a conflict for us. Oh. So what we do is we partner with um, or we take them to organisations like Headspace or Kids, fantastic kids just down the road. Um, we work with... Uh, giving them the opportunity to go somewhere else for their counselling, then we help them walk that in their daily lives. We kind of bring it into action. Lots of heady talking, bringing it into action. How do you implement that in your life? And then the other thing we do is do the the courses so that they can actually socialise and learn how to do those life skills. Can I gently suggest that you might be doing what a good parent? Yes, Absolutely. Is that that, that too far to say that? No, not at all. Um, But some parents just have so much going on in their lives that they actually can't... Well, they might not they even be there. Yeah. They just might not be there. Might not even when be. When two parents work, um, and, and I've fallen into that myself, you know, when both my husband and I were working long hours, it was very difficult to then make sure that we could um, give our children everything that they needed because we had such a small amount of time to have dinner, um, you know, um, make sure that everything was signed up from the day, get ready for the next day. It, it's a short amount of time, mm. you know. So actually um, providing young people with after-school activities and may I promote our barbecue, which we're starting tomorrow at the PCYC, which will be every Wednesday during term time. Is this Waitara? This is Waitara. Woo-hoo! We're doing... We're doing just a free sizzle for 11 to 18 year olds because actually they very often get forget forgotten because they're not cute and cuddly anymore um but they sometimes don't eat and may, that might be from anxiety at school or from lack of funds or from lack of interest um but we actually just you know give them some food at the end of the day i would love someone to sponsor us for the meat i would love someone to sponsor us for fruit to be able to hand out fruit so that it's not just um, sausages. So these are great gifts in kind. Great gifts in kind. Yeah. And that's where, you know, local businesses can help. So um, we raise awareness of what we do by um, asking if, if companies want to co-brand with us. 
So, you know, that's a good marketing tool for businesses, but equally it's really great for us because our, our kids get a pen or, you know, we've got these fantastic um, Opal card holders that we stick on the back of phones. And if we could co-brand that, then that would be a no cost to the organization, but it would be a great marketing tool for someone else who who is aligned with our kind of organisation. And we've talked about that a number of times when we've talked about altruism and, and being part of the local community. You may need to make sure as a business that you are asking, what do we get in return? Yes. And it needs to be very clearly given to you so that you're not just feeling like you're just handing out money and there's, there's no recognition. And of course, people would be able to use your logo on their website. Yes. And they can use um, their, their, their um, affiliation with you as, as a marketing tool themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're really happy to go out and do talks to your local businesses so we'll come in um, one of the things that we could do is say if you wanted a parent talk at lunchtime you know I I can come out and do a parent talk I actually in my with my other hat on my non-street work hat I do parent talks all the time right so you know for me we have to talk both ends of the scale we have to work with the young people but we have to give parents um, tools and skills to how to communicate with teenagers and guess what else guys you do that you are going to have better relationships with your employees you're showing that you're caring for them and you're kind of ticking the box for training as well yes which we all need to be aware of if we've got employees in our workplace and from my own experience I I was working in a big organization and when my when things went a little bit awry my family I couldn't I found it really difficult to concentrate and you know how many of us are going to work and and actually doing what we're doing if our if our bosses were able to say look you've got family um, you know you've got a family let me put on mini lunchtime talks on how to cope with, you know, parenting or or being a working parent, Um, you know, coming back to work, going off from work on maternity cover, whether it's male or female. Little things like that are really helpful. They Mm. show that you care Mm. for your staff. Mm. And it's a community supporting, excuse me, supporting a community again, which essentially is what we should all be doing. And the connectivity between business as well around Mm. here, I I think not only as as consumers, we are trying our best to to support local business, but I think local business around here is trying to support local business. So trying to keep it in-house. So if you begin a relationship with an organisation like Streetwork and you go, look, this is this is the great benefit that I'm getting. Don't forget to tell your suppliers and your clients, A, that you're doing it for marketing purposes, but B, to encourage them to do the same. And it's that connectivity between businesses where you go, oh, hey, we're a baker. I've heard they really need sausages. Yeah. And I know that we get our sausages or our sausage meat for our sausage rolls from these guys. You know, what if we partner together? Um, we're both doing the great thing. We're both... I, I, I just don't see how businesses here, and I know they do, but I just don't see how businesses here can't be connected with some sort of organisation because there's so many to choose from. And the great thing about street work is that you connect with lots of organisations. And I think that's really like an umbrella. And that's what, again, hats off to you is that that you have a great understanding of what it means to live here as a young person um, and to try and function within the community. And it's not another organisation coming into the area and trying to say, oh, uh, Band-Aid, let's just get to Mission Australia. Oh, yeah, that'll do. And yeah. you actually have a really good intrinsic knowledge of the local area. And therefore, connecting with local businesses um, means that they connect with someone who knows the community really well. Well, think about it. We are working with the next generation of 
of workers, employees. of employees. You know, we, we, are, we are raising those young people to be engaged, to be committed, to be accountable, to be responsible. If we do our job well, wow, what an employee you've got. And actually, if you're part of, um, f- f- you know, some of the funding that makes that happen, then they look at your brand and they go, they care. You know, SOS removals, they care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of these organizations, all of these local businesses, if you feel that you're prepared to give a young person a start, or you have, I mean, I always think about um, some of the um, businesses that that employ young people who have at, who have been through difficulties. They're in your businesses. If you ha- if you can see when someone turns their life around, how much they can contribute to your business, then maybe be inspired by that and give back to the younger generation who are still struggling to figure out who they are. And then that might be your next employee of the month, mm. you know? And having said that, though, with the younger generation thing, I can hear a few of you in the background maybe saying to yourselves, well, pff, I got through it. It's not that simple anymore, is it? I think we not live in a much more... Com- let's face it, the kids who are growing up now, much more complex, much more stress. It is. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be where my children are today. I've got a ten and an eleven year old daughters, and I think to myself, well, starters, you're inheriting, you know, basically a planet that's dying. Sorry about yes. that. You've got that. You've got um, the added stress of just that n- the need to be involved. Facebook thing. Yeah. You always have to be connected with people. People are getting offended if you're not talking to them every five seconds. Yeah. It's all of that coupled with. Um, a greater uh, competitiveness in yeah. academically in yep. the society in which we live, harder to get into uni. TAFE's had the guts ripped out of it, so yep. it's going to cost four times as much as when we went to TAFE. Yeah. Uh, but you still get and you get a depleted course, or you can go to a community college, which is ten times the price, and also get a depleted course. It's a hard yep. housing. It's difficult. You know, housing, housing employment, education. Oh. I mean, you know, they're all and and the online world and uh, allowing you to sort of have any level of self-esteem that isn't affected by, you know, what other people think of you. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, we think about how we're coping in that world and then just put ourselves 30 years back from where we are now. Speaking of age, where where do you start to engage with young people? What's the age range that you work with? Well, you know, interestingly, we're um, 11 to 18 and very often we would get people around the 14, 15 mark and it's actually getting a lot younger. I was now. going to say. And it's, yeah. it's quite worrying, you know, people experimenting a lot younger, um, people not realising, you know, a lot of the online behaviour, it means that they actually don't know how to interact in the real world because their world has become so online. Porn is a massive issue uh, for, for males and um, females, but also the relationship between males and females. So they've got a very warped view of what a relationship is, mm. what's um, kind, what's caring. Mm. Um, you know, it's affecting men's health as much as women's health. So, you know, all of these things, it's a different world to the world we grew up in. And it's not as, it doesn't not affect them you know if if it didn't we would not see the statistics for diabetes that we see we would not see the issues with mental health that we see in black and white we can say you know they just need resilience but if resilience means hiding what you're actually feeling you are going to have a breakdown later on in life which we can avert if we actually don't 
build resilience to mean masking what we're feeling in the first place. And, and like you said, there's no one-stop shop. No. It's not just about health. It's not just about homelessness. It's not just about money. It's not just about self-esteem. Um, the multi-pronged approach, which I find is so fascinating about street workers, yeah. it works. It does. It does. On a one-on-one basis, the yeah. kids that come out of your program are healthier. They're more engaged. They're more likely to get on a pathway where they, they, they find employment, all those things. That's it. They're, they're more personally responsible. And yeah. ultimately, that's what they need to be because their choices are their consequences. Their choices affect their life. And and the moment you can cut that victim mode and say, okay, you have been dealt a really poor hand, but what can you do to turn your own life around? How can we empower you to know that you still have choices, even with that appalling hand? How can we give you the skills to make a different decision and not end up in prison like your mum or your dad or not end up, um, you know, waiting for someone to pay you, but actually going out there and say, what can I offer you? Yep, you pay me for my services, but I know I earned that. And I'm proud to be contributing in that way to society. Mm. Exactly. Well, look, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, the work that you do, Lucy. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Now, tell us, as a business, what can we do? How can we become involved? What sort of different ways can we donate our time or our services or our product? Well, we have a number of different ways you can be involved. You can uh, become a volunteer mentor if that's of interest to you. We can come out to your organisation, talk to you, so you might be able to gift um, gift to us in either a one-off or that that continual way. We can build relationships with co-branding or sponsorship agreements. Um, there are lots of events that we're running, so we're going to be running quite a lot through the PCYC where we're going to have a um, hot desk in Waitara. We've got the barbecues every week. Um, we're doing partnerships with um, Kuringai Council. So there are lots of ways that people can get involved with us. Um, if you go, if you want to see more, go to um, www.streetwork.org.au and there's a link to get in contact with us there. And they want the Hornsby, North Sydney. It's it, Well, yeah, if they just say they're Hornsby Kuringai, yeah, that's because yeah. we cover that big area. Mm. Um, there are other branches that cover from uh, North Sydney and then all the way out to the beaches. We're a very big footprint, but um, really I'm here to, to kind of say, let's get local supporting local. And then if each of us do that in the different areas, wow, we make a very big footprint with an engaged community. Indeed, and benefiting all the community. Yeah, can I just let them know that I'm actually going to be at Kuringai Council on Monday as part of Kuringai Youth Services talking about um, local services in the area, how to navigate teenage, um, that teenage And what area. time is that on? That's, a, uh, that's on Monday from 6.30 to 8.30 in council chambers in Gordon. P.M. PM, yes. Because yes, when you talk to businesses, you have to go. Sometimes there might be a breakfast thing. It's on. an after work. Yeah, no, I have to say I'm a morning person. So oh, anything you? after 9 p.m., I struggle oh, with. But get me mornings. up at 5 in the morning and oh. I'm there. So, you know, if you want me to come and do a breakfast talk at your company, I'm your person. The only thing to get me out of bed at that time of the morning is a very, very cute dog looking at me going, <laughs> I need a walk. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for having it's me. It's an absolute pleasure, Lucy. Thank you for coming. And of course, um, if you have missed any of today's show, you can catch up on our blogs and podcasts page at smallbizmatters.com.au. If you've got a suggestion for a show or some expertise that you'd like to share with our listeners, our small business community here in Hornsby, Karingai, you can get in touch with us via the Small Biz Matters Australia Facebook page, or you can get in touch with the station and pass your details on to me. You've been listening to Alexi Boyd, your small business advocate and admin expert. Thank you for listening, everyone. I will speak to you next week.